0: The Daily Texan's Politics and Pints, where we're just a few glow sticks shy of being the next a and student body president and vice president. I'm Daily Texan Forum Editor Jordan Chenhar.
1: And I'm Editor-in-Chief Alexander Chase.
0: And we're still waiting for the Secretary of Low Energy, Jeb Bush, to, to weigh in on our
1: podcast. So, Jeb, if you'd like to come on, open invitation. I'm sure he's got tons better to do. Like, you know, laying on the couch, watching his utopia.
0: Sure it's a very comfortable couch.
1: Oh, of course, of course. Anyways, well, this has been... Just a lit af week of news. Um, we come at you live during a Roundup here at UT, so obviously we're trying to get a little bit more turnt than usual. So, be prepared for our hot takes to be extra spicy. And terrible. And extra sloppy. Yeah. Anyways, we also come at you right in the midst of... The American Health Care Act being shot down. Secretary is the- sloppier than Roundup, actually. Yes, I'll give you that. Uh, Russia investigation being publicly bum- bungled, and the Secretary of Energy, Rick Perry, our own slick Rick, um, publicly criticizing the results of A SGA election results. This has just been the funnest week, hasn't it?
0: This sounds like the introduction to Weekend Update, except it's not that funny.
1: Definitely not. I don't know. I'm happy to be here.
0: As am I. All right, so let's jump into news from five minutes ago when Paul Ryan was giving his press conference with a beautiful tie and kept calling on a reporter named Chad, which, as we noted earlier, is the the most Paul Ryan name aside from Paul Ryan.
1: Yes. Um, I, I can only imagine what Chad uh, is doing for a living, who he's writing for. And... Uh, which beer he believes is the official beer of spring break.
0: So just to to quickly recap here, um, Paul Ryan wanted to postpone the vote even further. Donald Trump gave him an ultimatum that said that, no, you guys have to vote tomorrow or else I'm not going to support anything at all. Then Trump and um, vice president Mike Pence met with members of the house freedom caucus, met with moderate Republican representatives trying to rally them in favor of the bill. And It had the opposite effect, um, pushed people even further away from the bill. Numerous members commented anonymously that they were mind-boggled by Trump's lack of preparedness on both politics and policy, which is surprising given everything that Trump has said and done for the past 30 or so years in, in the public sphere. But here we are. Here we are indeed. And here Paul Ryan was with his fancy green tie. Um,
1: telling us that it's hard to do big things
0: Very hard to do big things
1: Yes uh, you know, Between him and uh, Trump pretending to bu- drive a big boy truck Out in front of the White House This has been One of the most important weeks For the word big um, Since the campaign season ended
0: my, my hot take fresh out of the oven Is that that's actually kind of a cute Trump picture I Driving have... the truck if, if Obama had done that Everybody would be memeing it
1: Oh, of course no, Memeing no, it in I... a good way Oh, yeah, no, like, let's be clear here. Him pretending to drive that truck was only absurd because we all tend to think of him as a, chi- as a child, not a dad with a kid on his lap, you know?
0: Yeah, but it's also a total dad move, so... Oh, oh yeah. Power to the president in, in that one particular instance. Give yeah. credit where it's due.
1: just want to mess with his hair, except, mm-hmm. you know, your hand might fall off if you touch it.
0: Or it might fall off, or both.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, I think one of the big takeaways from this ACHU thing is we're talking about the House Freedom Caucus is like the, the kingmakers in this case but i know that i've seen several analyses uh 538 our own uh g elliot morris uh, showing that a lot of the defectors and a lot of people who had districts who were against it came from all wings of the republican party this was just a bill without a spe- specific conti- constituency not providing a whole lot of good things you know not too long ago when uh President Obama was the man in the chair in the Oval Office. An Obamacare repeal bill was passed by both the House and the Senate before he vetoed it. And yet, with a man capable of signing whatever Paul Ryan wants, TM, sitting in that same chair, they couldn't come up with something to sign for him to sign. Which is kind of an amazing feat when you really talk about it, isn't it? It really
0: is, and it kind of speaks to the fact that the Republican Party is kind of created this identity around opposition to um, the Obama uh, Obama administration without really having much of a coherent ideology beyond that. I mean, there are three distinct wings within the party at this point. There's the the loosely named Coverage Caucus um, in the House, which is uh, led by um, moderate Pennsylvania Representative Charlie Dent and represented in the Senate by um, folks like Susan Collins of Maine, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, who genuinely believe that uh, the basic structure of Obamacare makes sense and that you just need to kind of reform the way that regulations interfere with um, insurance provision so that you actually can expand choice and keep costs down. Then you have the, the, the Ryan wing, which is a little more hardline line um, on, on taxes, but not completely anarchist. And the Freedom Caucus is basically anarchist on this issue. He thinks that the government should, should not have any involvement in health at all. And it's really, each of these three coalitions is mutually um, contradictory. Like, the, you you can't have a policy that appeals to all three.
1: And I should note, it, it's hard to pin Trump into any of those because, you know, A, not entirely sure he believes anything, B, not entirely sure he's willing to get informed enough to actually, you know, have a conversation with the other members of any wing, and C, you know has made promises that run contradictory to all three in some different ways.
0: And do you not entirely sure that he cares? Uh.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that we're probably right to only look at Trump through decision making strategies that will affect his own popularity in his own view, you know, forget reality, forget actual polls here. He has a very distorted view of what his own popularity is and how it's how it's helped. So, you know, it's asking you to put on um, some really wacky goggles and go at it when you're trying to figure out whether or not he you know, agrees or would hypothetically agree with something.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it's, like, it's like Patrick Starr says, I'm, I might be stupid, but I'm not dumb. And that kind of applies to Trump in this instance. He doesn't believe anything that shows how unpopular he is, or so he says. But it's also, it's impossible not to see how unpopular this House bill is. It's almost impressive how unpopular this bill is, or was, and even lo- looking at um, Elliott's analysis of um, district by district, the, o- the only places that are Republican partisan enough to support this kind of bill are conservative enough to oppose it because of the fact that it was proposed by Paul Ryan and opposed by the Freedom Caucus. So I kind of put it in this sort of no man's land where no moderate could, could go for it, the Freedom Caucus couldn't go for it, and Paul Ryan was basically left with just himself.
1: Yeah, I know that, I know that the, the GOP is very disparate. We see that showing up in places like Texas where we're on state ledge, is almost just run by three different parties, the Democrats, Joe Strauss, and Dan Patrick. And to be clear here, the way that shows up in com- Congress is more complex. And when you're trying to talk about a bill like this, it leads to more bad hot takes. But here we are, members throughout saw reason to oppose it. You know, reasonably speaking, the only reason to support a bill like this is because you believe the only thing that matters is telling your constituents that you repealed Obamacare, which means you have to have constituents that are both removed enough from the consequences and, you know, anti-Obama enough to support a bill that doesn't do anything particular. I imagine the fact that the Koch brothers were, you know, putting together a fund, um, Only for uh, members of the GOP who voted against the bill probably had something to do with the fact that people were opposed to it as well. But one way or another, a bad bill without a clear constituency, without clear goals, and if we're being entirely honest here, no real reason to prefer over the Affordable Care Act to begin with right now isn't going to pass.
0: Yeah, and, and Paul Ryan recognized that, and eventually Donald Trump came to recognize that as well. The question is, were they better off pulling this bill than letting it fail on the floor, or be- and better or better off pulling this bill than letting it pass? I think they're definitely better off than letting it pass. Um, thankfully, 25 million Americans are now a little bit further removed from losing their insurance. And um, for Republicans, luckily, they're not going to have to... Um, they're not going to be accountable to the you-break-it-you-buy-it principle that generally applies to, to health policy in the U.S., where wh- whoever the most recent party is to change it suffers pretty big electoral consequences going forward. Um, yeah. Whether or not they actually do end up suffering those consequences kind of depends on how things go over the next couple of years. But at the very least, it takes the um, Republicans-destroyed-your-healthcare argument away from the Democrats because it just becomes the slightly less effective Republicans-tried-to-take-away-your-healthcare-and-failed. healthcare and
1: failed mm mm-hmm. I think one of the things we'll have to watch going forward is whether or not, you know, we can convince six or seven um, fairly moderate Democrats to compromise on a bill that maintains coverage, but maybe, uh, you know, cuts back what all that coverage is. I imagine the Demo- no Democrats going to vote for taking away coverage for maternity care or chemotherapy, <laughs> but I can imagine a few, you know, Joe Manchin in particular comes to mind here Being willing to sacrifice some of the higher-end details of some of these plans and some of the regulations for something that would improve coverage. It's just a question of whether or not the House would end up passing that if it becomes, you know, Obamacare 2.0. But actually effective this time when the Freedom Caucus seems like they're willing to just burn everything down to get whatever they want, which is nothing, it seems.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the the two big issues here, or the two big complications here, it seems, are that, firstly, the, the Freedom Caucus, even without Obama in office, is just as unwilling to compromise on getting rid of the law, completely dismantling all of it, and even possibly going further and in dismantling insurance regulations that predate Obamacare. The, the second issue is that, ordinarily, um, conservatives would be able to rely on the votes of moderate Democrats in the Senate, like... Joe Manchin from West Virginia or Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota, Joe Donnelly from Indiana, the kinds of senators who um, would be in some serious electoral trouble if they didn't seem willing to compromise with the right. But all of those states benefit from Medicaid expansion and um, West Virginia in particular. Oh, of course. This is a great example in Kentucky, which is why Democrats had former, um, former Kentucky Governor Steve Beshear deliver the State of the Union response. A lot of deep red states... Have a lot of people who are insured by Obamacare, and all, therefore a lot of representatives, senators who would be held accountable if their constituents were to lose that insurance.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the Paul Ryan does make a good point when he says that you know five states and a third of counties nationwide are in a situation where one insurer is the only one that's on their exchange market and is able to. Mm-hmm offer not quite monopoly pricing, but definitely higher price plans than are what are capable of effectively covering people. Um, the The individual mandate ultimately can only tax you so much. And at the point where the plan is, you know, costing you what it would cost to actually insure you, plus basically the tax, um, that you would have to pay otherwise like a lot of people are just going to choose to pay that tax which is terrible for the United States and, and fixing that in a perfect world where people are probably willing to come to some sorts of compromise either me- either means cutting out some parts of the coverage but not all of it and expanding it uh, there's um, an AEI plan that we've talked about before that we like that might be able to accomplish some of those things still up in the air and, and on the other side of that you know a a public option in the same sort of situation still seems like a great, a great fix. But either way with neither of those two bills on the table today and Trump and Ryan both willing to just punt on this for a little while, it, it looks like we're probably just going to continue to see those particular counties face problems. Well, the States that offer Medicaid expansion continue to benefit the disparities will only continue and in the meantime they'll be wandering about in the wilderness trying to move on to the next policy proposal when well without the acha for everyone to look at pro- russia might actually end up being the thing that we're talking about next
0: which would be nice uh which, I mean, on this podcast russia is the thing we're talking about next before we get too far away from health insurance um <laughs> you just want to um it's kind of funny that one of the easiest policy fixes is one that's opposed by universally by pretty much every Republican and Democrat. The only thing that they all agree on, Freedom Caucus, Ryanists, moderate Republicans, Democrats, Bernie Democrats, everyone, um, is keeping the provision that allows parent um, allows people to stay on their parents' plans if they're insured, in, provided by an employer up until the age of 26. Part of the issue with Obamacare is that there aren't enough young people signing up for the exchanges. And a really big part of that is that they're still on their parents' insurance plans. And that's a really popular provision because it basically functions as a handout to the, to the middle class, which just about everybody likes. But it's a big problem for the, for the health exchanges. Anyway,
1: moving on to Russia. Something <laughs> that we will probably never hear a congressman, senator, or president with an R next to their name say.
0: Sad but true. Unless they're quoting Chinggis Khan, which every GOP representative recognizes as the, the greatest Eurovision band of 1978, no matter what the voters say. Rigged.
1: Sad. Rigged. Do you have any other Trump taglines to throw in there?
0: Failing. Sure, sure. Failing Eurovision. Anyway. Um, so the House Intelligence Committee this week started stopped, kind of started again, investigating the links between the Trump campaign and Russia. And um, committee chairman Devin Nunes kind of raised some alarm bells within the intelligence community for violating some pretty hard and fast protocols that um, have been in place in that committee for a really long time, traditions that have ensured that it's generally bipartisan and generally functional, LOL. Um, You want to talk a little bit more about what exactly happened?
1: Well, I would say that uh officially nothing is offici- nothing has happened, and uh we can all just keep our heads in the sand for a little while longer if we want
0: i am enjoying my head in the sand right now yeah it's it's kind it's of warm. nice and cool
1: <laughs> I see we already disagree here yeah, I, I think this is a topic that eventually Republicans are going to have to have to encounter in some capacity uh you know you have to give the uh the mccains and the uh and the grams of the world uh credit for their ability to take it on immediately and recognize that you know being ahead of the curb is the right idea we'll see how many more people are willing to you know say that there is actually interference going on but it looks like right now the members of that health intelligence committee have you know if you want to get really conspiratorial here and i love to do that almost been picked to be the people who are willing to. Uh, To burrow deeper and deeper and deeper underground with their necks. Really great skill. Uh, The more information comes out or is available to them. Um, You know, Comey's said they've been investigating Trump for his ties for uh, months now, Uh, since July. Um, Comey, of course, spoke at UT earlier this week, uh, didn't quite take questions from reporters. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised there wasn't a greater protest on that. I think that we, we will eventually have to tackle, there will be some sort of hearing at some point is who knew what, when. And, you know, at that point, uh, not only will uh, no, M. Horowitz explode, but we'll have a lot to talk about But until then. We're, we're kind of like left with this, like something between speculation and, you know, talking about reality in terms of what we will know in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean this is kind of like the the way that police have to build cases against suspects. Even if you absolutely can know that based on circumstantial evidence that there's no way somebody is not guilty, you still have to actually conclusively prove it unless of course you're the UT or AM student elections board.
1: <coughs> <coughs> <feel> Crooked
0: <laughs> But I mean we at this point we know that uh the Trump campaign's top foreign policy advisor, Carter Page, the campaign manager, Paul Manafort, um, their um, former national security advisor, Mike Flynn, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, at least um, all had close contact with Russia during the campaign. Some of them were even on the Kremlin's payroll, um, Manafort and Flynn in particular. Yeah, like,
1: I really imagine like the whole like converting um, to our com- currency had to be a big issue for them, right? Or do you think that if you're on the Kremlin's payroll, they'll just immediately pay you in American dollars?
0: I think that they have a lot of American cash lying around in Russia.
1: Mm, yeah, good point.
0: Um, but in, in in response, the Trump team has been kind of sketchily uh, downplaying each of these people's ties to the campaign, while also insisting that they didn't do anything wrong. As when Trump fired Mike Flynn and said that Mike Flynn didn't do anything wrong. So you're kind of playing playing it both ways here, um, and sort of relying on the fact that. House Republicans seem completely unwilling to investigate, and in the case of Nunes this week, even interested in actively undermining the investigation, when um, Nunes, in violation of the protocol of the Intelligence Committee, went to the White House to tell them, before he told um, ranking member Adam Schiff or any of the representatives on the committee, that um, he had heard from some anonymous reporter that Trump's... Um, phone calls had been inadvertently wiretapped or in- incidentally tapped, he said, um, based on who Trump was talking to. And the idea was to provide Trump with some kind of cover, so that he could just say, like, "Yeah, they they weren't deliberately wiretapping me, but they heard some of my, or they intercepted some of my communications." But obviously, Trump never backs down from something like that. So it just wound up blowing up in Nunes's face. It looked terrible. He he apologized because even Republicans were starting to question the the uh, the end game there.
1: Well, I mean, talk endgame here, like, you have a very interestingly contradictory sort situation that probably will explode in a lot of people's faces. On one hand, you have Spicer, Trump, Nunez, et al., um, denying that there are any contacts. Well, a good number of those people are also insisting that wiretapping has happened and that we should investigate it, which is to make the simultaneous claims that nothing is going on and that we shouldn't investigate and that something is going on, and that we have to investigate on, well, parallel and related cases. You know, it's the, you have to only investigate the leaker, but you can't investigate the leaks at all sort of situation. Um, somewhat ironically, kind of exactly what Democrats were asking for whenever, you know, um, Podesta's emails got le- leaked, but but here we are. Um, obviously... Um, having contact with the uh, the Kremlin, in uh, what conspiracy theorists like ourselves believe was uh, you know a, a, an attempt to uh, put a uh, a Putin sympathizer in power in the United States in order to make sure that they could uh, do whatever the hell they wanted is one charge. And um, conspiracy theorists like
0: ourselves and James Comey.
1: Yes, and you know. Hosting a private email server in your uh, in your home is another. Uh, personally, a private email server has never uh, murdered a journalist or a, or a critic of Putin. But you know, this is a this is a this is a big boy talk here, and uh, I don't know if we have time for all that all, to discuss all the different journalists and foes of Putin who have been murdered. But one way or another, um, it looks like Spicer. Well. I don't know the Spicer can really be controlled by anyone other than a, a large stick of, stick of gum. Or Melissa McCarthy. Someone will at some point have to answer for some of these questions to someone. And that's a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of uncertainty. But in, in a case like this, it's about the best you can do, which is immensely frustrating.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, the, the way that... Um Putin critic, former world champion chess player and current president of the Human Rights Foundation, Gary Kasparov, put it, is that um, it's like the, as if the House is on fire, Trump is running around with a bunch of matches, and the House GOP is only interested in figuring out who called the fire fire department.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy that analogy. You know, but let's be clear here, Spicer at all or not playing 40 chess at all, this is... A lot of really stupid moves going on by some people who uh, are not prepared to govern and are really not prepared to cover up uh, international conspiracies uh on this level
0: yeah and they're lucky that nobody in the house republican caucus seems interested in uh, mounting an investigation
1: oh i don't even know if lucky is the right term there i think they're more than lucky i think that uh you know especially in Especially on the uh, Intelligence Committee, I, I would imagine those people who landed there were also the, some of those who most willing to not investigate.
0: Yeah. Um, before, fun, fun fact about Nunes, um, we discovered before the show, is that before um, he became the chief ostrich of the Trump investigation, he was best known for trying to move U.S. military bases in the U.K. to the Azores Islands, where his family is from, which is a very strange pet cause for a... Uh, representative from California, but I'm not Devin Nunes, so.
1: You know, strange pet causes are something of a a normal thing these days. Um, Here we are in the state of Texas where uh, the the Secretary of Energy's pet cause seems to be making sure that the the student body president who's elected was uh, done so under fair terms and not because of some sort of, uh, I don't know, anti-straight bias. Yeah.
0: Do you want to end by talking about A&M for a little bit? Because it's really not that much more stupid than national politics at this point.
1: <laughs> you know, I should say as a matter of course, um, we have as an opinion department tried to stay out of the scandals that other universities in the state of Texas, especially in Waco have had. Um, but this is just a little bit too tasty. And because it doesn't look like anyone's really been harmed substantially here. Um, the uh, the leading vote getter in the AM election is the son of a GOP fundraiser and is probably going to do pretty damn well in life one way or another. Uh, I'm willing to dive into this, and you know, we love to joke about how SG doesn't do anything and doesn't mean anything, but this is just such an extension of that and so much fun. Go for it, fire from the hip. All Give right. us your spiciest takes.
0: So, before the spiciest of takes, for, for the back some background for all of our many internet. Um, international listeners meaning outside of the Republic of Texas um, <laughs> the NSA the yeah and James Comey <laughs> somewhere out there Jeb Bush Alex Jones um, the whole gang anyway the A&M top leading vote getter in the m student gov- government election was disqualified for um, two infractions one of which was anonymous reports of voter intimidation. And that came out on the day of the election. The other one was failing to report glow sticks that he used in a campaign video on his financial form. That were the,
1: donated by a 5k run involving glow sticks.
0: Because everybody just needs glow sticks when they're getting up for a 5k run. Um, yes. The The former um, violation was overturned on appeal. The latter one wasn't. He was disqualified. Um, in the end, just for the glow sticks, Rick Perry published an op-ed in the Houston Chronicle saying that the only reason this happened is that the runner-up in the election, who was then certified as the winner, um, would be and now is, is set to become a 1st openly gay student body president, which is a pretty big step for the historically conservative school that still elects male cheer- cheerleaders.
1: Yeah, no, um, Rick Perry being the former elected yell leader at uh, the distinguished university and college station um i don't know i think i'm kind of in the minority where i think that he probably just had one of his assistants or secretaries write this he oh, didn't spend ac- any of actu- his actual time gave them a couple talking points like i think that all of the accusation that he's wasting his time here are bullshit he's probably the most high profile a&m alumnus i'm totally fine with him publishing an op-ed this situation because it is a big deal uh in it's- context
0: for the university. Yes. So for the energy secretary, maybe less so. Uh, I think that's what people are kind of yeah, I mean, like, side eyeing him for.
1: Yeah. Well, whatever. But he's it's not, he, like he's he not anything doing anything anyway. in that role either, I'm sure. The, 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 the mind boggling and forcing you to not be able to use your capacities to form sentences, inducing parts of all of this accusation, is that the rules were set aside and ignored on several appeals because um a and a university um where the fact that like the winner is openly gay only became a cornerstone of the campaign because his opponents decided to make it one where the winner only won 22 percent of the vote because they don't do runoffs you know where repeat yell leaders etc is the case you know then just decided to lay aside the fact that they are a, you know, a very conservative school with the most open gun policies possible in Texas with regard to open carry, just decided as some sort of grand conspiracy to allow, that they should keep their openly gay president. It would seem more reasonable for me if we were in the opposite situation. I would be more willing to buy them setting aside all of the rules to keep him out of power than in. And yet here we are, the Secretary of Energy wrote an op-ed suggesting that's not the case. I, with a, almost zero evidence here, too, I'm sure.
0: I mean, maybe we, he just forgot that he wanted to abolish a and
1: Yeah. We love you, true. Rick.
0: You're still welcome to come on our podcast anytime.
1: I love you, Rick. Especially your glasses. All right.
0: And with that, we should probably conclude for the week. Um, stay tuned. We'll be back here same time next week uh, with more news, fake and otherwise
1: hopefully a little bit more serious. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan then hosted by Alexander Chase and Jordan Shenhar, And the music was by Randy Wachtler. Be sure to check back next week for our next episode. And for more news, go to dailytexanonline.com.